0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, I'm Joe Sutton the second. We've been enjoying Joe Sutton the third for the last uh, month and a half, and as I've been going through different things, uh, you know, just I don't know. It's just it's it's um, uh, sometimes it gets to be a struggle. I spent like about twelve days uh 4 days then came home 4 days and 8 days in the hospital and um and I've been out for 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 2 weeks and uh so it it was definitely a learning experience especially you know you're in a hospital 8 days you know your time schedule gets flipped and uh you just have a lot of time to either a watch hospital TV or b you know sit just lay back and reflect uh after a while I, I did a little bit of both uh, laying back and reflecting and, uh, and I'm, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be back, happy to be going full, still, uh, still rehabbing my shoulder and, uh, and that's going along good. I have great range of motion and, and, uh, that's going good. And, uh, I'm just, I'm just, just really happy to be back on the radio and to share with you guys. Um, I don't know if you've ever been uh, to the Holy land or if you've ever been to, uh, Jerusalem. But, you know, when I remember walking through the old city when I was in Jerusalem and, you know, you go through the old city and the little narrow streetways and the shops and, uh, and people tugging on you, trying to get you to buy stuff. It depends on which quarter you're going through. And, uh, and I'm just walking there and I just thought back to the times of Christ. And It's one of the reasons it gave me inspiration for, for, for doing this. This show is the fact that that here I am um you know, just looking at Jerusalem in, in the urban setting, Jesus was in an uh, urban setting. And uh, so he walked around the city, uh, crucified in this city. And the thing about the city that that sets it apart, and especially when you're in an urban area, is that you see everything. There's a little bit of everything. I mean, there was not only a temple <clears throat> that worshipped the most high God. But there was also a temples for different other gods that were going on. And, uh, and a lot of things went on in the temple that were perverse or went there. And, you know, you're Paul talking about you know, whether you should buy meat from those people because they sold their meat. Uh, you know, they burnt theirs in the Jewish temple, but they sold theirs in the other temples. And so you grow up seeing all these things, you know, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, grew up in Nazareth and uh, spent a lot of time in Galilee. And if you ever do go to the Holy Land, you see why Jesus spent a lot of time in Galilee. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's it's a beautiful spot. It's it's a way to get away. But then he would come into the city. He would come into the city, and uh, you know, and it was it was a tough place. It was a tough place, and he visited other cities. You know, you look at other cities like Capernaum, where you know where, where Peter lived. You know, and and you see how it was set up. And and it, and what's so interesting to me is that. Um, you get to see the old and the new. The old has been kept, and at the same time, the new comes alongside of it. You know, when you're in Jerusalem, they had an old city, but then outside the old city, uh, you see the progressiveness like of a of a new city. Uh, you know, you even find a McDonald's. You know, running around there, if you if you want to go find the Sbarros and Pizza Hut and Dunkin' Donuts, you just you know, all those other things are there. And then in the old city, you find people selling wares, still selling off carts, and and everything there. And so even then, you still get a little bit of everything when you're looking at at the city. And the thing about it is that that makes me want to do urban ministry. Is the fact that you know you really, 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 really have to 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 bear your nose down and really get into your word when you're discipling someone. Because I'm just going to give you an example of, of, in in my part of the city, you know, you just can't say Jesus, you know, because you have three or four other groups out there saying Jesus, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses are saying Jesus, the Mormons are saying Jesus, the Levitical priesthood and lost Israelite tribe is saying Jesus, and so you have to be clear on the Jesus that you're talking about because as people get exposed to a little bit of everything and then they start mixing it up and going there to the tune where you have, you do an outreach and you're serving hot dogs and kids actually, whether they're beef or pork, right? Because they've been influenced by the nation of Islam or Islam and that, you know, they should not eat pork. And so they want to know if the hot dog is beef or pork, you know what I mean? And so you, you're just dealing with that in an urban context, you know what I mean? Because because of the, the, the information and disinformation that goes along with living in the city where you see all these things, it's hard for some people to even realize and come to a point that which one is really the truth and why are all the others alive? Because there are good people who are involved in these organizations and they might even be your aunt, your uncle, your your best friend or whatever, And to say that they're wrong and to say that they they won't they won't see God. They won't make it in the afterlife. They won't go to heaven. You know, it's hard for some people to digest and to understand. But you have to come in, you know, sometimes with a great theology, a solid theology. But you have to have a flexible methodology because how you speak to one person may not be the same way as you speak to another person. You know, but you have to say, as we used to say, you for Christ, you got to stay geared to the times, but anchored to the rock. You know, you got to stay anchored to the rock and in, in what you do in your presentation. And when I look at the life of Jesus and how he navigated the city, how he navigated, you know, the, the, the urban areas. And so when he went into a city, you know, or he went into a town, you know, it was a little bit different than how it goes. And, and, and you can see the city has a lot of unbelief because people are exposed to a lot of different things. You know, it's not like you have uh, a town of people where everybody pretty much is, was Jewish or something like that. You had Jewish people who were friends of Rome, who weren't friends of Rome, who practicing non-practicing. And, you know, and it's the same way today when we look at what we do, you know, you have some people that are be in church on Sunday, but raise hell on Monday, you know, because they don't really understand that Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever, when we accept him into our heart, we too have to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and we can't allow ourselves to, to to have a flexible theology. You know what I mean? We have to stay with a solid theology. But if you don't have anybody that's willing to teach you and disciple you and walk you through, you will end up you know, being flexible. What I mean by being flexible is, as we used to say, one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And it it gets to going, And you you see that a lot of times. And so we, we wonder whether those people are really saved or what they're doing. It's not whether those people are really saved. It's have those people been taught. You know, have they been taught? We all need to be taught. You know what I mean? If all we're doing is having church services, all we're doing is meeting on Sunday morning. Where does the teaching come in? We see that we're sliding to that as a body, right? Everybody shows up on Sunday morning. We can have two, 3,000 people there on Sunday morning. And then come Wednesday night Bible study, or if you still do Sunday school, most people don't even do Sunday school anymore because nobody come. And uh, you get the midweek Bible study, you have four or five hundred. You know, and and you say, where are the rest of them? This small percentage, this twenty twenty five percent of the people, come back to be taught. You know, they you know they they heard the preach word, they heard the worship, man, they got it on, oh, and they was doing their thing. You know, and some of us make worship just like, oh man, you don't even have to go to a concert on Saturday night, cause you know Sunday morning you just sit up there and get the blue light special, get your blue lights and your smoke and everything like that. And you come out of this wonderful thing. You gonna geek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a great time, but where does the teaching come in? You know, when when I, I always ask someone this question, you know, I ask them, I say, "Who is your rabbi? Who is your teacher? Right? Who who do who you know? Who do you who do you look to to give you the word of God? Who do you look to to help you define or answer questions that are there?" And most people just say, "Myself." You know, they, they say themselves, they, they, they say, you know, I do, you know, and I said, that's not, that's not good enough. You know, who, who do you go to? Who is your rabbi? I say, even, even George Lucas in his story writing always gave everybody a master, you know what I mean? Always gave everybody, uh, uh you know, a Padawan to a master. You, you had someone who was teaching you the ways of the thing, Who's teaching you the ways of God? Who's, who's helping you apply the word of God to your work situation, to your, to your home situation and, and loving your children, disciplining your children. Who's teaching you the ways of God? You know, how, wh- where is that coming from? And so we miss that, you know, we, you know, the age old world of discipleship, or if you want to get men modern, say mentoring, you know, where, where does it happen at now? You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I remember, um, I grew up in the, spiritually in a smaller church, and uh, they were going to church. They had, <laughs> they had the, the Sunday school, then service. They came back that afternoon for YPWW, and then Monday was an off day. Tuesday was Bible study. Wednesday was prayer meeting, and Friday night was evangelistic outreach. Now, you're talking about people being in church a long time You're talking about people being there now. You can be in church a long time and still not learn. You can be in church a long time and still be going through motions. You can be in church a long time and still come up short. But I ask you this, when Paul said forsake not the assembling of yourself, right? You know, we can include church service in that. But, you know, he's talking about that one-on-one time. How are you spending time with that person who helps you get there? you know and 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 I remember telling my children I said don't don't mistake me raising you for discipleship I said you still have to find someone that can mentor you and take you to a certain point I can parent you but I'm not going to disciple you you know it, that's just not going to happen when you hear my voice you you're trained to hear daddy you know you're not hearing you know mentor or whatever and and the same thing with us we have to Get into that mode. We have to get into that reality that we need someone to walk us through this thing. Someone who's been there. Not some not not no peer, you know, we just got to say together and we, you know, this is my best friend. But I need someone who's at least two steps ahead of me in this process that can help me understand why I'm going through certain things, can help me understand why I need to share things and why I need to add things into my life, you know, and, and, and I'm advocating that because in, especially in the urban context, you know, we need that, you know, and a lot of times people uh, come from, you know, a non urban context, right. And they want to come into the city and they, they want to help. They want to get there and they get frustrated because they can't, give the answer they can give a scripture as to what needs to be done right but they can't give them application on how to do it because they look at the situation and to them the situation is like how did you get in this mess in the first place and 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 it's like but it's not really getting into the mess it's just a natural outcome of where you are i give you an example of that um as we as we move toward the end of this first segment, um, you know, in, in my life growing up, um, I was the oldest and I grew up in a, in a violent neighborhood and I had to learn how to fight. I, and I didn't have I couldn't call on a big brother. I couldn't even call on my father. He wasn't there. And so when certain situations arose, then, you know, I had to fight for mine. And in the, in the context of being in that kind of environment, you know, you had to make a choice. Either you was going to be on the top or you was going to be on the bottom. I chose to be on the top. Right. So there was times that some people were on the bottom and they they received they received a beating that they probably should have never receive. But in the context of that, as I got older, you know, my way of solving conflict was to fight. That's just, just what, it, what it was. And so I remember my mentor <laughs> trying to explain to me why I couldn't handle everything with my fist. And, you know, and uh, me having a little bit of Bible knowledge, knowing about David and his mighty men and Saul and Jonathan, I said, Phew, you know, God might, God wants me to kill them all. You know what I mean? He said, no man, you you—it's a different day, you know. What I mean, you have to pray, you have to do this, and it was so frustrating for me. I knew that biblically, I couldn't solve conflicts with fighting, but I didn't know how to apply those scriptures to my life in a way that fit the context of what I was and how how to take away that protection mechanism that I had, you know. And so, as we look at uh, how we're going and things that we run up into in our context. You have to understand that sometimes in the urban context, we run up on some things that are really, really tough and we see that you don't might not see every day. You listen to Isaiah 61, the Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Joe Sutton. Glad to be back. And we'll come back after the break and talk a little bit more. I'm too busy counting all
0: these Mission
1: listeners throughout the Twin Cities are calling the Good News Line. Call in and tell us what Bible teachers and topics have touched your life and why you listen each day. Share
0: your favorite mission memories, and you could hear your voice on air. Yeah, just calling, just uh, say my appreciation. I want you to know that I listen every morning. Thank you for being a great station. Call the Good News Line today at 651-289-4434. Thanks for listening to AM nine eighty The Mission.
1: Hey, welcome back, to Isaiah sixty one. Pastor Joe Sutton here, rocking a little bit of bass. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Hey, you know, as I was just you know just reflecting once again on on Jesus growing up in in uh in, in uh, out by Galilee in Nazareth. And then looking at when you got to Jerusalem, I remember walking down the, the Via De La Rosa, you know, where you go through the stations of the cross and you're walking down there. And, um, and that street was so narrow and it was long. And I'm going to tell you what came to my mind as I was walking down that street. How do you run from the police in this town, Right? <laughs> I'm like, ain't no alleys. Ain't no cutway, Ain't no nothing but a straight shot. You either got to run up in one of these shops. And I was like, they got a back door back there or something like that where you can get away that's my urban mindset. I'm wondering how you get away from the police, you know what I mean to go to go through there. you know what I mean, other people are just looking at the architecture and everything like that, and in my mind, how you get away from police? then we went to the to the to the jail where Jesus got locked up at, and I was looking at there like, yeah, you ain't breaking out of this jail, you know what I mean It's like going up there and so my mind is like on a whole different plane. And I remember the tour guide, looking at me and like shaking their head. Cause they were like, what What are you talking about? You know, but I'm looking at the city from an aspect of how I grew up looking at the city and, and, and where it was. And, uh, and you know, and I, I didn't really, really have a like for it. You know what I mean? Because it was just, you know, I would go walk around at night and I would see how the soldiers and the police treated the Palestinians. And, um, you know, I, it just didn't sit well with me. And then when I they were out there calling, themselves gang fighting, that was funny. That was worse than Benny and the Jets, you know what I mean? They're, you know, watching them, you know, fight and go back and forth. And some gang from Tel Aviv came down to terrorizing people in Jerusalem. And I was out just watching, and his cat was crying because they jumped him. And I looked at him like, they didn't really jump you, dude, because if they had jumped you, you would have looked like, you would look much worse than what you did. You know, he had like a little ring under his eyes and probably not on his head. That was it. You know what I mean? I guess it was a Holy land jump and I don't know what it was, but you know, I'm out there catching urban nightlife and trying to compare it to, you know, where it got there. And, and it was a lot going on. There was clubs going on. There were people on the corner rapping and singing for money. And that's and prostitutes. And it was everything that, that you see in the urban content. It just wasn't as, as, um, large or as, or as, as, as dramatized as you probably would find even in Minneapolis. And, uh, you know, but for Jerusalem, I guess it was, that's what it was. And, you know, uh, and so the night before the yeshiva students had beat up a pro basketball, but it just was a lot going on out there. And, and but I, I tried to take my mind back into the times of Christ and Christ walking along, there's Roman soldiers on there, there's gambling going on. There's all this stuff going on. And, and here's the Messiah, right? Here's the Messiah. And, and to me, the greatest triumph when it comes to an urban setting is Jesus comes in and they throw down the palms and the jack coats and they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And you can imagine this in 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 in, uh, in the city and and, and these guys are, are, are just worshiping this cat coming in town and everybody's looking like, who is he? well? What is going on? Who is he? Or well, when they were anticipating him to show up, you know, during the holidays to teach, and everybody's wondering, the past, "Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Is he coming? Is he coming? Is he coming?" And, and then he comes. So you can imagine when a when a city is that's so diverse It has so many different options, has so many things going on, and yet everybody was anticipating the coming of the Messiah. You know, that is my prayer for the urban area, that, that revival would come and people would anticipate the coming of Jesus, that they, they would look to the coming of Jesus, that they would be excited about the coming of Jesus. And and as me and others who are laboring in the vineyard who planting seeds there, the purpose of Isaiah 61 is to let you as a community know that God is working in the city of Minneapolis, you know, there's working with our young people. He's working with our older people. You know, he's working through our pastors and leaders. And, uh, and though at times the news may make it seem like it's bleak, you know, you have to ask yourself this question, what would it be like if we weren't working? You know, because the size of Minneapolis, you look at the size of Minneapolis and you look at Minneapolis crime statistics. And they don't match other cities that are that way. And we get so depressed about what we see, the 25, 30 murders and things like that, that we don't realize that, you know, that's one good weekend in Chicago. I mean, New Orleans is a little bit close to double our size. And they have 600 murders. You know, you know, it, it, you know. You look at other cities our size and, and, uh, and we're calm. Now, one murder is one too many because some family is hurt. Somebody is there some assault, some rape, some break in, whatever the crime statistic is. But, you know, I believe that that we are to celebrate the effectiveness of the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, in our community so far. And there, there are much, to be, much other things that can be done that we can do as a body that we can achieve. But we have to celebrate the fact that God is moving and he is working. You know what I mean? And when we get there. You know, as we embark upon as April comes up and you'll hear me talk about it more, uh, in the coming weeks, uh, as we start our um summer program, we start recruiting for our summer program, my eight week everyday program, uh, where we, you know, get a hold of young kids and, and uh we go through education, we go through purpose of life and then we also do athletics. And you know, we have we have we teach them a sport every week, you know, and as we go and start raising funds, you know, for that and, uh, to help kids who can't pay, pay. And then we, our staff is made up of high school and college students who have come through our program. And, uh, and so we raise money for that too, you know, because the thing about it is, is that as we prepare their way for the Lord, as we prepare these young voices, as we prepare them to come out and be leaders In our community and to spread the good news Of Jesus Christ to their peers And to their family So that that, that one day, hopefully in my lifetime You know, we will hear People say, Hosanna Hosanna, blessed is he who comes In the name of the Lord And they will prepare a spiritual pathway For the Lord Jesus Christ to enter into the hearts Of men and women, not only in North Minneapolis But all over the state of Minnesota That's our goal That's our plan God bless you, it's good to be back See you next week.